with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schuss to be able to do this program. We always look forward to it. It is a huge schuss to be able to host such a program, to create a mental health awareness. And Baruch Hashem, this awareness is not, is not only awareness anymore. It's now major, major shifts and major changes that really go on. So I thank Hashem for having this program and for being part of the schuss that we're able to help in Klai Yisrael. As always, I'd like to show everyone the number to call up and to ask your question. The number is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we look forward to taking your comments and your questions. Also, send in your next question, that polling questions, but till they happen or between them, we'll be able to take some of your texts. And to do that, the number is 347 Nine two seven eight three nine eight three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight, and it's a great schuss to be here after Pesach, after Yantiv, and to have everyone starting to get back to normalcy, getting to school and everything else that happens. Just to remind everyone that, not really reminding, informing of this, and I do once a year the Stress to Inner Peace workshop. That's the workshop which is really the main methods of therapy that therapists use for anxiety. But what we found is, or the first time they did it, which was like two or three years ago, people were saying it's so, they could have benefited so much from it had they, all the skills how to prevent stress from developing into anxiety. So me and you, and everyone in this world, we have stress. Stress is a sign of life. Stress is a sign that we're growing. Stress is a positive sign. Process to them. Are they good or is it bad? Like imagine someone looks at stress that's negative instead of saying, wow, it's a schuss and it's a pleasure. And as well as the other way, if we don't know how to set the limits, what we can handle, what we, what we can and what we cannot handle, or when we can or when we can't, then unfortunately stress can develop into anxiety. So with Siyat Hadashmaya, we will learn all these skills, how to first identify stress, how to appreciate it, how to thrive on the energy of stress, and then having peacefulness, inner calm, and then how to prevent it when there are surroundings around us that's happening and a lot of the beliefs and thoughts that we have. And I look forward to people looking, you know, sort of signing up to them. We'll start Metzeshem in two weeks. It will start the English date. Will Metzeshem be April 24th? But we just wanted to announce to just share it for those that would like. And more information will be on my phone line, 718-298-2011. And Section 8, but for now, we're not here to really promote much about that, just share that it's going to happen. I look forward to this workshop because it's, it's about letting go. It's about peacefulness. It's, it's accepting life, whereas it's accepting our strengths and accepting our limitations as well, or at times things will happen. And how much of your life that we've put such a focus, such a pressure that we wanted to get to, and then things got there differently or was a different pace, and we're just calmer, just easier, just accepting it more. These are things that we all go through. I would also like to listening now to call up and to share how brave people are. And that is to call up the number 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And that's the concept about being brave, taking the chance getting some information, growing, you will see a major change in growth in your life when you take a risk, 
when you're able to say, I'm willing to see where life will take me. And that is something that we got to do. So, yes, we have a lot of information here that we share on, all, on this line, and we give tips. But a processed workshop with worksheets and a large part that we discussed there all the way at the end, I save it to the end for the last workshop, last two workshops, but that's really breaking your secrets. And you don't have to tell it to someone which teacher send it like to the rabbinish lailam and send those secrets but get it out write them such changes such shifts happen within our lives the concept that you can do so much better than you thought so much better than you think looking to have some callers 7 text question it's 347 927 837 927 837 9298 yes. what what would you say what's happening yeah. first of all i want you to say thank you and all our dear listeners that for us and i would say that uh, before the previous show with the cash routes was stunning revolution i would say that people call people text and email the what happened to them in Pesach and certain certain stuff about the Kashrut, you know, certain uh, places that they went, what happened, what wrong, what went wrong, what went right. And this is, I, I would love to, to hear it from our listeners also and to see how is, you know, how is, was the seder with the awareness that you, uh, uh, before the, you know, before we spoke about, we, before the, the Pesach, and I, really, it will be a great uh, feedback to all of us to see what what's right. going so on. Someone you know. would like to call up, share how they brought in Yantiv, because we've had lots of those messages. I was reading it every day, three or four messages before Yantiv, how people were sharing that they're letting go of the spring cleaning of the perfectionist and of even following the cookbooks of what they're making. And instead, just did the basic foods, but they're calmer. They went swimming. They took the kids out even Arab Pesach for a little bit. Beautiful changes and shifts that people were sharing that letting go of the perfectionism, letting go of this rat race of people taking pictures and then posting it. And look at what we already have set up. My Pesach Seder set three days already before. Let's stop with all those and bring in the calmness. Instead of making memories that others should be jealous of us or creating false memories that others should be jealous of us, what we are doing is the other way around, that we're creating positive memories in our children, positive memories in our families, our grandchildren, on how they can look at the Yantiv and feel that it's such a peaceful, positive Yantiv we want to get to. It's the real Kheris. And what a positive, you know, inside the said that, you know, people that you don't, you didn't like before, you know, and this was afraid about, you know, to tackle them, to, to come uh, with a contact and you thought that it will destroy your Seder. And suddenly you change inside yourself something, you know? That's right. That's right. So the number to call up is 718-683-5858. And we are looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. Also, to send in a text, 347-927-8398. Okay, let me just see. We have some text here. I'm going to send you right now. Okay, great. And while we're talking about it, just while we're sending the messages, 
the workshop of stress to inner peace, each workshop I find has its charm. The charm that I love about this is that I find that it's a workshop that I would almost call it a beginner for anyone that would like to help others. That means you want to help yourself and how to grow and to start being aware how your thoughts have an effect, how hearing messages over and over that it does seep in. I get messages all the time where people go, I come from a complicated family, but I have anxiety and how are they related? Or I, have a, I come from a complicated family or, or I have in a complicated relationship, means a marriage or at work. But I don't know why I'm a little stressed. I don't know why this is happening. Oh, why that's happening. When you take this workshop, you'll begin to understand the connection between words, between environment, between our thoughts, how to create a boundary. But boundary doesn't mean disconnecting, no, boundary is how you can be at ease and at peace within yourself while you're with them, or how to create little, as we have them recharging your batteries, on creating places that you can recharge your batteries so you can either be around their environment or moving on a little, but it's safe and it's calm. It's not a workshop on dealing with complicated people. No, not at all. This is about how to heal yourself, how to energize yourself. This is about how to be around people and how you'll be the beacon of light around them. This is not if you have anxiety, how you learn to help your children. Yes, you might do some of the skills on that, but it won't work if you really suffer from that. And I'd like to share there. This has sent me several great questions. I'm going to be reading them. But again, we prefer to get the callers. So the callers, the number is 718-683-5858. So let's go in the order, even though the first one is a very long one. But let's read it. Hi, I want to ask two things. One, what's the difference between OCD and OCPD? Two, I've heard you role play how people manipulate others spot on, tone and all. Could you demonstrate how it would look for someone giving in to their spouse's OCD-driven demands, and then again, how they could do things differently, for example. Well, you're asking me for a role play, but you're not calling it up, so I would have a very hard time doing that. Put that coffee down when you're eating the meal. We're eating the meal soon. Teenage kids are still in pajamas. Take note, and there's a kiddish... And there's kiddish chalos and fish before chalm. So basically, what I would really recommend is for you to call up. I could explain this between OCD and OCPD. The short version is OCD is generally on one or two areas. OCPD is in most areas of their life. Things have to be exact. Um, here is a, another question. Did you hear of success stories of a nine-year-old having dyslexia and ADHD causing behavioral problems, going for behavioral therapy and multisensory programs? for reading and a lot more, of course there's always help. The question is, are you going to the right help? The question is, just because others have gotten help doesn't mean this one specific case can get help. So again, I feel you're asking great, uh, these are great questions. When people ask such general questions, the answer is always yes. And the answer is always yes. I'm sorry, the answer is always yes. The answer is always no. And the answer is always maybe. And the question is, what about you? Another question we have here, hi, I have a question. If A and B have a codependent relationship, does this mean that they both have issues, or can it be that just one has issues and the other person is healthy? This sounds so complicated that I've got no idea what <laughs> A or B really mean, or if they both have um, codependent issues, or if it's just one of them, or other stuff are going on. So I feel bad that I'm difficult to answer this. You see these questions that people are asking are very detailed, what about this and that, <clears throat> and I'm not able to answer them. If you'd like, we can discuss a little of those concepts, Reminiscent. I would love, you know what, first of all, with the dyslexia, you know? Yes. 
because I was suffering from dyslexia, and I think that it's very, and I know many, many people that uh, as and add dyslexia, you know, and then the success story, and just give them the, the right confidence and just try to tr different techniques. Each one is different technique. I, I know you have great books and great, uh, I would say, a knowledge in, in the outside to teach reading and to teach how to focus on your, your wording and letters and all this stuff. And I think it's, uh, it's possible if uh, the teacher will be, uh, you know, if you will inform the, the school about it and the teacher will be a little bit patient and give oral test instead writing test and stuff like this, I, don't, I think it will be an unbelievable help to the person, to the kid. Exactly. So let's even explain that. Dyslexia means that for whatever reason, the brain might see letters differently, might see um, numbers differently. That means they can see a nine backwards. They could sometimes see a nine upside down and see it as a six or a six as a nine. They can confuse the D's, the B's, or any other letter. And then people start getting upset at them or disappointed at them. Why is it taking them so long to read? Or why are they having a hard time when the words don't make sense? And the, one of the main reasons are because they are dyslexic. And, yes, you can get healed from that. Yeah, you I, really can. I want to tell you that when you read, for example, in dyslexia, you just, you just for me, loud. I used to picture the, the, the pages, but when you have to read loud, the first letter, the first word on the letter, and jumping, I would find the, myself reading the, the, the words from the last sentence and jump right. back and Very forth. That's right. Very well said. Your eyes would it's, even go up yes. and read a different line. Uh, exactly. And, then mm -hmm. and sides, left and right. You know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. You know, I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. So imagine you're reading all of a sudden one right, right to left, and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself writing, reading from left to right. Yes. Across the street and I'd like is you to a know there's a lot that can be done today, Baruch Hashem. There's a lot of information on how to help dyslexia. There's also a lot of division therapy. I'm a believer in division therapy. Not that division therapy is the answer to everything, but if you need it for your case, it can help. And that's definitely a large part that you focus on that. It's interesting. Someone just sent me a message just going to the last response they said about OCD and OCPD where actually they aren't correct, so I'm glad we can clarify. Hi, I just heard you explain the difference between OCD and OCPD. I thought OCD is in action and OCPD is in thoughts, ruminating thoughts, like a cracked CD repeating itself again and again. Actually, it's not. That's OCD as well. Obsessive is the thoughts. Compulsive is the action disorder. So OCD means the thoughts or the compulsion just in that one area or two areas all the time. And it's not anxiety, because anxiety will generally be in other places. So OCD is in specific areas, touching something, counting something, walking through a door, certain areas where they have it. OCPD is a rigidness. I don't like the word, because people assume it's obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. It doesn't mean they have a personality, like a personality is OCD. When we use the word personality, we mean their way of thinking is very rigid in every area. So it's not just their way of thinking, it's their way of action. Their actions, their thoughts are very rigid. It's in many places. Now, that's on a level where they're debilitated. So OCPD is 
they will have seven different areas. They'll be very mocked on how much you're spending. They'll be very mocked on honesty and truth most of the time for others, not always for themselves, many times for themselves, because it still is in the masecht of a personality disorder where they still have, where they're still affected on different ways. OCPD is all over, and you see the rigidness in their whole personality. I know people that have OCD that are smiling, and they're easygoing personalities besides for that one or two areas that they have. It's the same as with anxiety, that people can have anxiety in one or two areas. Yes, they might have other issues, but they could be light people. OCPD people have a difficulty with being light in life. They're very rigid. Yeah. And we've bombarded so with text. It's not text. Uh... Yep. Okay. So let's go. So let's go ahead and read another text. But again, when people are asking these questions, it's very hard to answer when you're asking about you or about a friend or do you have codependent? Are they codependent? How can I do that without knowing you? Let's read this other one. Dear Mordechai, is it okay not to have a best friend? I have many sisters and spend lots of time with them, but I never talk to any friends on the phone or ever go out with them. Is it normal? I don't have any friends in the building. The relationship... Hold on. Sorry, we just... I don't have any friends building... The relationship, do you feel like I have to build a relationship? I'm okay with them. I don't need them, but is this healthy? I can't answer that question. You need to answer that question. I would say first of all, is it the best? It could be, no, it's not a problem. It could be, it depends, it's a problem. Who even said you don't have friends? Maybe the friends that you have are considered friends. Just you value that, the closest you have with your sisters. Like, that's how friends are supposed to be. When we get these questions, are, are you these, is it questions? I'm not able to answer that to people on the phone, especially through text. If, you would, if those of you sending the messages would be brave and call up, that we always value the people each and every week that's so brave to call up, is we can go through the process. And as we hear through the questions, many times your question starts in one way, but it goes completely in a different direction once we have those speaking, you know, once we, we develop it through a process. Hervis, what do you want to say about I that? I want to say that it uh, could be that your sister is the best friend. And that you, you that's just, right. you know, this, your sister could be the best friend. And it's no question that you, you can, uh, you know, create a good uh, relation. The question, other question that I would ask if you were to call, that are you talking with your sister friend? Maybe that, you know, age, age, certain border, you don't feel with your friend that, you know, you won't be, maybe your sister is older and you find more, better, better communication with them than your regular friend. It's so many things that variety that to to check about it. Yes, exactly. So so true. Um, let's go take over another question that we got. Art therapy. Can you please share what this type of therapy is and how it works? Thank you. And happens to be I don't know that much about art therapy. I know some people that do it. Um, I know the type, it's, uh, there are, let me rephrase that, I know a little about art therapy. There are many different methods in how you use art therapy. There is one simple one of drawing, and that you're using art therapy, and let's say you make the family or what you're thinking about, and as you start, as you draw the picture, when you start discussing the picture, what is it, why, uh, why did you use those paintings, why did you use those colors, what's heavy in your life, 
And then sometimes you can start using, can we put a little lighter colors in your pictures? And as you start putting lighter colors and as you start talking about what's coming out, because it's a gentler form of therapy where it's not so direct, so you're coloring, you're painting, you're drawing, and you're able to discuss that, and then you're able to draw different parts in it, and you feel the change, you feel the shift. That's one way. Some people just do art therapy as literally going and just drawing and recognizing what's happening. That helps a lot as well. Then you've got sometimes where people use art therapy in a very specific manner of where you're actually telling the person, draw the fears, make pictures of the person that hurt you, or show what you think the person looks like. And then they would ask you, and then they would start talking about that. Then they would ask you, how would you like to make the picture should have looked like? Or who could you put in it would be safe for you? It all depends on the age. It all depends on the person. It all depends on the awareness. It also depends on the therapist themselves, what type of art therapy that they do. I know someone that does music therapy, so he does an interesting way. This guy does music therapy with, um, with a drum set because he plays the drums. And he uses the different, uh, the, you know, when you bang the cymbals or whatever they're called, and each one would have a different emotion. This would have happy, this would have anger, this would have hurt. And he would teach it to the children, to the teenagers. And then he would start having them play. What happened to your day? And they frustrated, hit it hard, and tell me where, and all of a sudden this sound, and tell me how the sound and what other stories come up. And doing that, things are changing. And then two, three of them are calm. And then now hitting the calm one and feel the calmness. So you're teaching them through a different method. So music and art is a therapy process that's very good, very soothing. The only little downside to it is that it takes some time because it, you're drawing. You have 45 minutes, and then you're processing it. Sometimes you can use more. Sometimes it can take you six, seven, eight weeks till you start recognizing what you're drawing or why, why you're picking those. It's a slower process, but a very powerful and very healing and soothing process. It's almost like someone was telling me that fishing is like the American form of meditation. Yes. You're sitting there sometimes for hours, you're on the water, it's peace, and you're trying to get the fish, and you, you're, you're you know, throwing in different types of baits. You're busy, but you're calming down your mind. You're usually out there with a friend, or you're there alone, and you have time for your mind to process. So art therapy is very much like that process. And it's very good. And it also allows you to go more into what's going on within you. And when you make those changes, those changes are more, are more permanent because, like, you're getting into the subconscious. You're being aware of what's happening. Let me but, one... again, when I say the word art therapy, it's so complicated because there's so many different methods. Yes, Rav Nissen. Let me add a few other art therapies that are very helpful, especially with people with sensory issues. For example, Scarbertian. Uh, you know, and working with clay, with with ceramic, ceramic. You know, oh, those are amazing! Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You feel the material. You take you or you what? You working with a wood and chisel, and making sculptures. Uh, working with uh, even torches. You know, with, with metal, um, bending and making sculpture. You know, things that you can create, uh, and it's amazing to see that you. Your feeling is out. Uh, it's outside through the object that you are doing. Uh, you create. I remember exactly. my. I remember myself. Uh, one of my uh, examine in the university. I was like, uh, remember to basically start to realize what is art, and the examiner asked me to to draw a kavno a, a very daring line, and later he told, she told me to to draw a kamda line. You know. 
this is, yeah. it struck me that you can basically express yourself through this uh, and later when i used for example when i was very uh, tense or i would take the canvas sometimes i would uh, you can see my uh, my drawing and uh, i used to take three canvases together and basically put the music on and working on three different drawing that's right so true and it takes it's a process very powerful different colors and generally these therapists they also combine other methods there's a method that i like a lot called sand tray method which is done for kids and we love using very similar to that for adults in our therapy where we don't actually in our center we don't actually use sand but you're using objects yes. so there's a lot that is that can be done and that's the short version of art therapy but i feel there is so much more just unfortunately we need more details to your questions. Here's so, an interesting, another question that someone sent regarding my workshop. I was worried a lot as a child. My parents told me not to worry. I was embarrassed with my feelings, so I simply hid it. I now see that a lot of my worrying in my child with this upcoming workshop help him, I guess, help me. So yes, Mertesham, it will help you. And I like the word help, and I always want to clarify to everyone that where I am a little different than others is when I do a workshop, I'm very clear that it's a workshop. It's not in a place of therapy. It will help you. You will learn most of the therapy modalities that we use. You might be able to use them for yourself. They will definitely help you. I tell people for the value that you're getting, it's less than the price of even two sessions, and you're going to be getting that it can help you even if you are in therapy. It can help save you 20 to 30 sessions because you're getting all the fundamental theories, how it works, where anxiety comes from. When your therapist asks you something, instead of taking three or four sessions for a concept, you're going to get about 30 concepts, 20 to 30 concepts in each workshop, and there are six of them. So you're going to be getting your value, and I appreciate so much the asking the question that it will help you and not focusing on your kid. Yes, once it will help you, then you're going to see a big difference also. And that makes a major shift within yourself. And once there's that shift within yourself, you see children be calmer. And you'll know the skills, even how to reassure them. But all that reassurance can only come from you. As we say always, uh, you cannot change nobody except yourself. And this helps other people to see what they're changing. Yes, exactly. So, yes, this workshop is, has the skills. It teaches you how to reassure yourself. It teaches yourself. Many times we have a lot of those beliefs of, I shouldn't be scared. What would happen if you know that certain thoughts are age-appropriate for your child? And it's okay. That's a large part of the workshop, saying things are normal. We all have thoughts. What we will teach you is how to not, how not get stuck in them, how not to think that they have to be there, how to allow thoughts to be there, a lot of the ACT therapy, and uh, a lot of the cognitive behavioral methods, as well as the peacefulness and a lot of other stuff that we're putting in there. So, Meritushem, we should be able to see that this workshop will help people. And again, it's a basic olive base, but so powerful that people that have taken the workshop, we've got messages even just before Pesach sharing how they took it over a year and a half ago. 
and they still found that working before Pesach, letting go of the perfectionist concepts, recognizing the perfectionist levels that we have there. We even focus a little on codependence. Now that we have the workshop on the dealing with complicated people or personality disorders, it makes it much easier that we I didn't purposely did not focus on it as much. But yes, codependence and perfectionism, especially codependence, I should say especially perfectionism was a main part that we're focusing on a lot, and we bring it up throughout the entire parts. Here we'll take another um, text question, right? What, what yeah, did you want to say missing? Yeah, first of all, I want to remind our callers, you know, 718-683-5858, I'm laughing because the last text I sent you, but it's not laughing matter. <laughs> That's you know, Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so the last, the latest text is, hi, any suggestions how to deal with a nice but noisy neighbor that frequently comments about my husband and always has personal questions to ask and could push me to the wall if I try not to answer and makes me feel very uncomfortable. Sure, I wish you would call up because we would do a role play on this. So all I'll tell you is, yeah, call someone, speak to someone that's a professional and will guide you. Again, it's a role play. We're getting so many great texts. I really appreciate them. But the, there are those that would start making a whole drushes out of them. That's not what I like. I like role play. You want the answer? Call up. Be brave. You want to get better? You're going to have to come to therapy. So forgive me, guys. But there's a, very, there's a lot that we can deal with this. Call up. I, w I would like someone to call up and do this about the pushy neighbor. I would definitely have them be the pushy neighbor, and I would be you and watch how I would be getting out of it. But, again, we need the callers. We need the callers. Call up 718-683-5858. Remember the question with the neighbor with the garbage? Yes. Unbelievable uh, role, and she called later and she said it was uh, successful. Let's go ahead. Let's share with everyone. What was that question, Rabnison? That um, basically the lady was very annoying that uh, the neighbor never fix up the garbage, basically throw it away. Don't keep clean the, the garbage area, and every time that uh, she used to come down, fix up the garbage cans and all this stuff, and she didn't know what to, ta to tell them. Yeah. And uh, after after a week, uh, she she said it was working. What we we spoke about it. Yeah, we discussed. Didn't we discuss they should be open and not doing it, not cleaning it out, yes, or just yes. telling them this day is your day? We had a whole bunch. We, we gave several tips, and it really worked. So again, people are asking great text questions, and in reality, I can role play with Revnison. But you know what happens when we do that? We usually get messages. No, that wasn't my question. I meant this, or I meant that, or my neighbor acts differently, not the way you did it. And that's why we need the live callers. And we need also background about the neighbor. That's right. She's single, she's divorced, yes, no, you know, all this stuff. She has is, a your family. So, is your husband loud? Is your husband doing things yes. to trigger them? Exactly. That can also be part of it. <laughs> so again, these general questions, I don't enjoy getting a general question where you want a detailed answer. That's my, that's my little thing. And that's why I like calls. Like someone asked, from what age would you advise to take the workshop? I would probably say from 14 and on, here's the but. If your kid 14's got anxiety, I'd want the parents taking it first. <laughs> and let your 14-year-old take it the next year when I do it once a year, Merit Hashem. I would recommend the parents to take it. Yes, no question. 
Yep, the number to call up. We're looking for callers. I'm telling you now, I know we got the callers. I know we got the texts. I can see we got the people calling up. Now what I want you to do is I want you to call up. You can do it. 718-683-5858. I don't understand these people calling and disconnect. I just, I don't know. Okay. This is, I think that people still still stuck in the traffic, in a traffic jam in uh, between Maryland to New York, coming from yeah. back from Florida. <laughs> yeah, Baruch Hashem, people are, we're traveling all over this Yantiv. It was a beautiful Yantiv. Yes. Okay. Um, I would try, let's, let's try this, because I like the concept with a difficult, with a difficult and a, let's say, a difficult neighbor. Listen, what would you do, because I'm sure this happened, let's say, in work, where you've done some work for someone, and then they have been changing every step of the way the plans that it was supposed to be, and then when it's coming to pay for those changes, because it takes material on your part, it takes manpower, they don't want to pay for it. And now they start pushing you, but oh, I'm not happy with you. Like that similar thing where someone can have an issue with a husband, with someone's husband, and tell them, or no, you don't want to answer. And at the same time, part of your job, that's part of your job, because it's very normal for people to change during the process, but it's also normal that they should pay for it. How do you deal with someone when they do that? Mordechai, Baruch Hashem, we have the yeah. first caller, so just save by the caller. Let's go to us. Yes. Yeah, okay. We continue our later. Good. Let's Mrs. go ahead. S. Mrs. S. Thank you for being the first caller, and after Yantiv doing that. Hi, my pleasure. Sorry for interrupting. Whatever you were talking about. I definitely prefer this so much more. We both, both me and Rabnissa, prefer the live callers. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, so I finally got your book now for Paisa, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I have the lowest fire. And I did not understand exactly how to up it. I tried one day like, to make plans and to be, like, think ahead, and I, I, I was exhausted afterwards. Like, I got nervous or weak. I, I, I couldn't, like, just be so, so fire. what were you doing? Me. What were you doing? How I did you try building early, the I fire? I made a plan. Halamoid. I woke up early. I made a plan where we were going to go. I rushed the kids. And then something didn't work out. I just got so nervous. It's so not me. I'm usually very calm. I'm water nature. It was just not me. Like I figured, okay, I'm not doing fire. It's better to stay wherever I am, but there should be a right way of doing it. Well, first of all, fire just means you have energy in what you do. So I would ask you, how can you plan the same Halamoy trip and just use a lot more positive words. We're going to have a great time. It's the best time ever. Or you see a roller coaster, and instead of worrying about people around you, you could just yell to get, hey, I want to even smile and take 10 pictures and just not be so reserved. Fire does everything that water does. Just water keeps the emotion inside, and fire expresses it so much louder. That's all. Um. Just louder because I, I don't really keep my emotions inside. I would say, wow, look at that, look at this, this is so cute, enjoying this and that. Just, I wouldn't scream, I would just say it. So where did you, f right, so how does a fire person do that? 
water um, sets the emotional the balance. Can we try something else? Let's try to change your whole concept. Can you close your eyes for a moment? And how would okay. you feel if the energy that you have within would really be seen by everyone on the outside? How would you feel if when you say, wow, you're using all those words, they won't just be words, they will be energy coming out of you? They would feel good, but then without a, like, without a boundary, I wouldn't know where to stop. That's your fear. That's water again. Fire isn't worried about that. So that's, that's what I'm why feeling when I'm heart. closing my eyes. Like, it's good, and then where does it end? Where, where does it then contain? That's your you know? fear. So understanding you're not yet seeing the fire. Fire is when you're flowing. You're not worried about it ending. That's the beauty about fire. It goes. Some of the downsides about fire is the same way, but first let's go to the positive. Fire could break bounds because it can think out of the box. Fire, a fire nature, a creative nature, it's either fire or wind, is a type that can stop thinking, how will we make a plane fly? The first planes that they tried making to fly, they tried copying birds with the wings going up and down. The Wright brothers are like from the first ones to successfully have a plane fly, not mimicking wings, but by mimicking the thrust, the, the pressure of the wind. That is a fire and wind energy. It's not, but how's it going to go? Birds fly. Don't we see birds fly? Every bird that Hashem created all has wings go up and down. Don't worry about the balance. Don't worry about going out of that. Mm -hmm. So for an example, I'm just opened up the book over here, the different tools that I have, how to get your fire going. The first one is imagine an epic encounter. Feel something that happened that's amazing in your life. And feel the power. Like imagine you're meeting Ilya Navi. How will you react? Will you be reserved or will you be, wow, I'm so excited? See your impact. Imagine you have the power, if you can sell your vision to others, how will you speak, but it's got to be animated. Imagine you're not afraid of what people will think of you, exactly what you're going, Ivy, what happened? If it goes, what will happen? Stop thinking for a moment about the fear, the danger. That's the water that's trying to balance everything. Fire lives in that energy of, wow. And it's so, it, it's, it's magnetic. It's hypnotizing. How would you feel? How would you? What trip would you do with your kids if you would have that energy, not worried about the fear, not worried about the danger? Can I give um, a simple example? Think of little kids. Look at two-year-olds. When they mm -hmm. walk, they see something, they touch something, mud. It rains. They're in it. They're in a bath, they're in a swimming pool, they're alive. There's snow, they're touching it. That excitement is fire. Okay, I think I do have part of that excitement. My, my we, number was not very low, it was 59, but it's still on the little low range. Again, we're noticing, let's take it to you. What would be, how will you be speaking to people if you would have the energy of having an idea and doing it without being so reserved, without thinking five times how it will work out, instead of your first instinct is, oh, Yvain, maybe I'll go too far. How would you feel in life if the first would be, let's do it? And then, okay, let's do it to make sure we just don't damage. But yours, oh, that fear, that stops fire. Doesn't allow it to grow, doesn't allow it to build itself up. 
know, it would be more fun, more expressive. Good. So now, how could you have been on this Halloween trip with your family more fire, more expressive? Um, I don't think I wasn't expressive. I just did it the wrong way. I just thought and it had to be perfect, and I woke everyone up early, and I was... Fire doesn't care about perfect. Fire is happy in their house, doing nothing, playing loud music, and jumping to the different music, to the different songs. That's fire. Okay, but fire means it's energy. I enjoy that as well, but but I thought that if I want to do, I make a good plan, and I'm going to do it. We're going to go all together. I thought that there were other people who came along. I thought that's fire. That's no. just how it's going no. to play out. That has nothing to do with fire. And now it makes sense why you're stressed. That's more water. That's the water energy, trying to make everything work, everyone to come. Fire does not care about who comes, who doesn't. Fire cares about excitement. Are we happy and jumping? Are we enjoying? Fire is about life. The heart beats. That's fire. It's ostentatious. It's great. It's if I was not like, I want to make world. a grand trip and do it, and I, I called my brothers along and other people. That's I thought that's fire. That's part that of fire. Nice. But fire doesn't like planning too much because then it gets too stressful. Fire would send out, let's say, a message to everyone. Whoever wants to come, we're going now to the Grand Canyon. And if no one comes, good. If everyone comes, good. But they're going to the Grand Canyon. They're going to see it and enjoy it, and they'll be amazed doing nothing and doing everything. Fire is about an energy. They can pull people along, and then they could also burn out. But fire is about life. So you're saying that if I'm planning and making it exciting, calling my brothers along and other people, that that's not fire? That can be fire. That also sounds like a lot of water. Water is the planning. Water is the one calling everyone up and trying to make sure it will work out. Not this one and this day or that day. Fire works the other way. Fire is Monday, Chalamai, this and this is what I'm doing. You come along because no, there's no other better trip in the entire world than this trip that I'm doing. And when they're on the trip, don't you see what an amazing time we're having? And it could be raining and it could be snowing and it could be horrible saying we're great. Look how great. Let's pull out a guitar and let's sing. Oh, isn't this the best food you've ever had in your entire life? There's just life, there's enjoyment, there's happiness in every situation that there is. There's a person that could go to the hospital and, they, and a doctor could be this gloomy face and they can stop being those clowns, like those people that are clowns in the hospital. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. It's it seems like, I, it seems like the concept the, of the fire clown, that you have I, is not right. It's not the concept of fire, the way you understood it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess I still have to think about it. Cause I, yeah. Just I'm realize so fire Maybe is just energy. Some of it, and I wanted to add to it, but not the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fire is about let's just enjoy whatever we do. I thought that's water. Easygoing, happy personality, whatever whatever happens, is fine. Like if we won't go anywhere, I'm okay. Unfortunately, go, that's, that's not water. Water. water is the one that tries to make everything work. 
water easy going on the outside, but they're not. They're not laid back. Water is the one that does everything. Water is the real doer that balances everything. But, for example, if one day it doesn't work out and I don't go anywhere, it's not that I'm not doing anywhere. Everyone's happy, maybe because of my water nature of making everyone feel that this is whatever we're doing is okay. I, I would, I, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what, how I would look at it. That fire would, would say, why, why, what are we doing here? Let's get out of here. That's okay, we're home, fine. They might do that, or fire will just make a fire wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank Appreciate you. the call, certainly. And we go okay. to yes, yes, to go to Mrs. H. Mrs. H, thank you for calling. I want to thank everyone for being so brave. We got the callers on. Thanks, Mrs. H. Hi, you're on with Mordechai Nerav Yes, it's me. Yes. Hello. Yes, you're hearing me. Yes, we hear you loud and clear. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what my question is, but I have a lot to share, and I can definitely... Go ahead, support. share. Um, I really don't know where to start, but um, the more you push me, the more I can, t I can say. Um, I have something difficult going through in my marriage, and I feel like I'm not sure exactly... Uh, where I am up to now, like a confusion I never had in my life. So how much do you want to share? Because it's a public forum, and once it's asked, we're not able no to... I have no problem, problem sharing anything, but um, it's up to you what you feel appropriate. Well, I don't know what your questions or what's going on, if it's appropriate or not. So what would you, let's so start with what you'd like to see. But if you see that ah, sure. um, something I, isn't good, you should stop me. Mertesham, excellent. Okay. We'll, we'll do that, sure. Okay. So I'm in a marriage where I wasn't really sure what's the problem. If it's me, if it's my husband. Anyway, we started looking for help. It was, of course, me. My husband didn't want to hear and listen. Anyway, I started help, and then my husband saw, wow, I'm changing, and therapy is so good, so wonderful, until it came to him. The minute it came to um, him going for therapy, therapy was not good. Anyhow, I was pushing him and pushing him, and um, at the end, he came for therapy, and it was something going on, and he was thrilled with the therapy, and I somehow wasn't so excited. I don't know if he didn't, he didn't, like, he went for therapy, and he shared all his positives, and he came home and did the negatives. So... Wait, I don't I understand what that means. I need a more grounded thing. He agreed on something, he came home, said something positive, and then he said that no, no, he did no, no. negative. He I don't understand went, what that means like really manipulating a therapist that the wife is the problem and not he. Yes, that's normal. Okay. That happens. It happens a lot. Okay, so yes. what I saw that, okay, so he's going for therapy and I'm going for therapy and nothing is going to be moving because he doesn't say the truth. So Wait, I but doesn't the therapist, isn't the therapist seeing you as well? 
the therapist, okay, so that was after the first session. He came home and Wait, he told so me. What, no, but that's normal. After the first session, the therapist doesn't even have a handle on the situation until the fourth or fifth yes, session. Yes, but the problem was that yeah. I was like going for therapy about, starting therapy about a year, and I was already desperate for change. Ah, and he so came you had an expectation that wasn't real. He came into right. the first So session. let's just repeat those words. Can you repeat the words that I said just so we're clear? So you had an unhealthy expectation on what therapy will do. Um, because I had that unhealthy experience of what therapy, of therapy because I, it's, I don't know what to share and what not to share, but I went for therapy, um, so I should be strong enough to get my husband for therapy. And uh, surprisingly, the more I went for therapy, the weaker I felt. So when I thought, okay, so with me going for therapy, nothing is changing, so maybe when my I husband... I want to know, none of this really makes sense to me. I know the more you went sense. to therapy, the weaker sure you felt. I, I don't details. understand that. No, can I you can, explain can to me just what those diagnosis. words mean? I can share exactly. Yeah, how did you get worse? How did you feel worse and worse? Not about your husband. Now we're talking about you. How did okay. you feel worse and worse by going to therapy? Because um, my husband has a diagnosis that somehow it wasn't so familiar by the professionals. And, like, getting out of codependence of this diagnosis is doing just the opposite of getting out of codependence of some regular diagnosis. So as I went I don't, to therapy, I, I want you to know, so far what you're telling me is a chiddush. I can tell you the diagnosis, if it's okay. It's okay with you. Do you know what? How about, do you have a text phone? Can you text it to Reb Nissen's number and then show it to me? I don't know. It sounds like you don't think it's that okay. Or no, hearing I can it, sorry. Okay, let's say um, Asperger's. So Okay. Okay. So now, how is how is the diagnosis? How is the breaking codependence for Asperger's different than breaking a codependence for someone that has an addiction, a gambling addiction? Um, because Asperger's, when you're gonna stop being codependent, a normal yeah. brain gets that. Okay, so I'm not functioning, and or I need to change my behaviors, or I need to go for therapy. Asperger's brain is like saying for a three-year-old. I'm not giving you food and I'm not giving you drink, just or you learn to do it by yourself or you look for a different mother. So I was getting out of codependence in such a way. So what happened is that what does a three-year-old throw the tantrum, blames the mommy, and the mommy is her fault. Okay, but this is so far, I, I happen to agree with you the difference of someone's Asperger's breaking out of the codependence, but it's still the same. Because when you break out of codependence, tell the person, and now find help. Or when you break out of codependence okay. and there's a diagnosis okay, of Asperger's, so. then you get other people involved. Okay, and like you tell so. the person, speak to this and this person, and so they follow it. I, so that's what I, I'm telling you, that um, he said I can't. So I him, okay, so go for help. And he went for help, and like the three-year-old, he didn't share that I don't have food and drink because nobody gives me. He just shared that I have fights with my siblings. And still but let's came go back home. over here. But again, again, I, I, yeah. 
just want to understand, when this comes in, generally yes. what a therapist tries to do is when he's coming in, let's say if that's the case, why weren't you in with him at the first session? Oh, because I still believe that maybe he will say it. How? Maybe I gave him a chance. I didn't want to say... But okay, how? I, As you I, said, I, let's, he's Asperger's. How are you expecting an Asperger's to say something? How are you expecting a three-year-old to say this and this is the problem? Exactly, exactly. That's why I thought maybe I should go the first session. And then I felt less, like it's going to be very degrading for him. I want to make him feel empowered, so yeah. I will let him go the first. Sorry. Like he should feel he is capable of. So let me ask you, let's just stop here. The way you're setting things up is it sounds like you're trying to figure this out on your own. What is your, what's your therapist guiding you? Okay, so it's a whole In other words, My your expectation of how you sent him to therapy is setting up everything to fail. Exactly. Just, right. So my therapist, like I feel that I don't have a therapist because my therapist I went before my husband went for therapy was telling me the wrong things. Well, let's, let's try things differently. Let me just share with you how I would do Since I don't have that much experience dealing with Asperger's, okay. and it doesn't mean that we have several clients in our center that have a diagnosed adult Asperger's, we know how to deal with it, but I still don't consider myself an expert. So being no, that you're marriage... it's very different dealing with the client Asperger's himself or with the spouse. No, no. No? Of course it's different, but it's not. Because you still have to learn how to break out of codependence. Okay. You still have to learn how to be direct. One of the differences between dealing with someone with a spouse's Asperger's and dealing okay. with a person who's got where, where, the, where, let's say, the spouse has another addiction is, one, in the Asperger's, you're going to learn actually how to be assertive. You don't do this, you do this. You're going to be treating them more like a mother. Oh, but oh, not so in codependence. Okay. So that's what I didn't want to be. Well then, well, then accept it. Then accept that this is who he is, and you'll never have okay. what you want. Do you understand that Asperger's is a real diagnosis? You can teach them. They'll go to therapy. It means you're going to be going for about two years to marriage counseling, where you'll be doing a marriage session with your husband at that therapist, that Asperger's therapist, that specialist. Okay. And then that therapist can be working with him for two or three weeks. Then you're going to come back again three weeks later. And how's it going? You might not do it all. You won't do the job. Or you might have to be more involved. Okay, so let's say I saw in this marriage. Um, it's, it's, let me jump one second. I really, really know sure. our time is running. And uh, we oh. have uh, quite a few listeners on the, on the line. Oh, uh, wow. Maybe we'll talk uh, next week about it or, you know. Okay. Sure. Okay. So I'm sorry, okay. Mrs. Yeah. H. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. uh, thank you. We're going to uh, Miss E with a parent's permission. Okay. Okay. Yes. One second. Okay. Miss E. Sure, Miss E. Hi. Hello. What an honor. Airline? What a schuss. Yes, so what do we have the honor of hearing? Your call. Your line is ringing. Enjoy both. And I gave a last summer. Thank you. Well, do you um, also have a question? Yeah. Yes. We had a writing assignment. You said a memorable person. 
so I decided that I would like to write about two. Wow. This is the second time we're having it. So you have a report to write about someone that someone that that what what would be the title that you're saying? Memorable? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear some of those questions. I'm honored, humbled that you're choosing me. Why not? Let's hear some now. Uh, thank you for the purpose, and I appreciate the vote of confidence. What would you say is a question that you would like to uh, – let's, let's hear some of those questions from there. Um, how did your family adapt to going into this field? What made me go into this field is really Hashem. That means I was pretty sure that I was going to be a lawyer. And about two years before I was getting ready to go into law school, I took a training in alternative type therapy, and it was very interesting, and I liked it. And some people found out there's a frumia doing it, and they sent me clients. And while I'm studying to get into law school, and after I'm taking the LSATs, which is the exam to get into law school, and then when I get accepted to a law school, I already had a certain amount of clients that I was seeing, and I was helping, and I was feeling so rewarded helping people that it's interesting that I was thinking, wow, should I be a lawyer? And what Hashem has also done at that time was the law field, for whatever reason, had a downturn, and lawyers weren't getting jobs. And I was thinking, should I even push myself to get a job, work so many hours when I am loving helping people and I'm helping people? And at that time, I made the choice, you know what, let me go into helping people, and then let me get a degree in therapy, so this way I should know what I'm doing or know what not to do and recognize the difference between the two. Mordechai. Yes. The additional t- uh, question is how your family get it, you know, what did they make your decision? If it, was your, if it was your parents or your spouse? Um, actually, my parents liked it. They just, it was very little. It still is very hard. I hate, I don't like saying this to turn people off, but to make in the therapy field, to make a parnosa for a from, for a from therapist is very hard. Means, I don't like shooting numbers, but it's about the equivalent pay of a Rebbe, except that usually we get paid just two or three weeks later. Most therapists have make a little bit of money. So that was the hard push. That was the real battle, one side to the other, of do I go to lawyers, which you can make a beautiful part also, and again, do therapy for a man. In my time, we're talking about about 14 years ago when I was looking into it and doing all that, um, there weren't too many men therapists, and those that were, were psychologists, and that's different. You take, you get money for testing. They have, they're able to charge a lot more. So at that time, 14 years ago, the field is very different than today. Today, you have therapists in, in yeshivas even. 14 years ago, it was to look down on. Oh, you're a social worker. My mother was a social worker, or my wife's a social worker. Only does a little bit part time. It was very different the field. People look down at therapists. Oh, everything is a parent's fault. They still do, but it changed a tremendous amount in 14 years. 
I want to ask to say something that I'm jumping into in between you and, and the interviewer. Uh, I, I had a conversation, long conversation in this Holam Oed with one of therapists. And he told me, Nisim, you don't understand people calling me hours and they expect me to be on call for them and they don't even think about paying. Unfortunately, 100%. unfortunately, you know, I felt so, you know, disappointing because it's happened to us to all every profession. But people, you know, they're taking time from a married uh, 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 person, as a kids, as a family, and don't even think about the payment. Just help me, and just you know, uh, you know, this is something that when you're dealing with with especially with the public, you have to take it in consideration. Yeah. Uh, what is your uh, ex experience with this? So to me, this was a little bit one of the nightmares. So as uh, as it's funny, but people came over to me, especially asking me, a lot of my friends, about three months ago, so where are you going to speak Pesach? Which hotel are you going to go to? And I go, no, 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 you don't get it. I don't want to go to a hotel. It's not worth it for me. Yeah, but you can get even a fifteen or $20,000 deal with you and the family. The so first of all, they stuff you into little rooms, because if they give it to you for free, then they're going to want to stuff you in, A. B, what happens is, in the therapy field, which we explain many times different to the medical field is, the medical field of someone you call up, okay, I've got this and this thing, we need a cardiologist, a heart doctor, someone specialist, within 15 minutes they can make a referral. When someone speaks to you in psychology, it's minimum 45 minutes to hear their problem, and then for them to get the answer is months of therapy, means once a week hearing concepts. It's very different when someone asks the doctor, the doctor says, listen, I gotta do a whole checkup. They say, yeah, it could be a heart, it could be a lung, it could be that, you gotta go to a doctor. I'm not trying to minimize that. What I'm just saying is Hatzalah's dealing with his difficulties now. That's a large part they have. Medical issues, they can deal with most cases pretty simple. In an hour or two, they're done. The psychological field is a lot longer. They're five, six-hour calls, and they're stuck with it. The person is doing, not doing. They are threatening themselves. They're not. They'll promise they'll calm down, then they're ready to leave, and then they change again. There's, the psychological field is very different. So if I would speak at a hotel, people are going to want to get me whenever I'm going to want to spend time with my family because they don't want to speak to me when I'm somewhere or amongst people because when they're waiting and 10 people are waiting and they want 45 minutes, people start getting a little frustrated. No, you spoke already. Move on. But that's psychology. So... That is one of the things that, you, that this person shared is I already learned a while ago that sort of people, I get messages, I probably say I get 20 messages a day, like we got the earlier text. Should I do this or should I do that? Do I have this? Do I have that? And most, many of the messages, I have a manager that reads it and just says, sounds like you need a little bit more one-on-one -on -one help. Sounds like it's a little concern. You know, there are those organizations that they have people volunteer phones for free like Mask and things like that where you have volunteers or people that get paid for it. And they answer it. They have in Lakewood a beautiful organization for teenagers, a separate line for boys, a separate line for girls, where any teenager can call and speak to a mentor, and there's no caller ID. But that's what those are. And they try to set up appointments with them to speak to. So psychology field is a difficult field. It's, you know, to do chesed or to try to make a parnasa, the insurance doesn't pay much. 
they don't value yet psychology or they feel psychology could be a bottomless pit because many people that go for help aren't really ready to change. They're coming and they're just crying. Many people have situations of several generations that the case just takes five, six years of therapy. That's what it is. Could be marriages, two unhealthy people, one person, uh, years of lots of emotional difficulties. And insurance doesn't look at it like a medical situation. Okay, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription, you get a strep throat, so then we could move on. And the doctor can see so many people in an hour, they could make it. Therapy is taking up 45 minutes of your time, and they barely pay. Or I should say for the from levels that we need to make a living, maybe for a guy where you buy a house for $100,000, that would be, you know, in Yehupitzville, that would make sense. But being that you're living where we're living in the from world, and just the, the tuition, tuition. tuitions. <laughs> yeah, tuitions will probably be what a therapist makes about a year. Yes. So the therapists right now struggle, and people call me up, should they become a therapist, especially for the men? I tell them it's such a rewarding field. The, the feeling when you change someone's life, they send you a message, they call you up six months later, they send a letter saying you have no idea how everything has changed, it is so worth it. But for most of the therapists, when they get the bill or they got to cover the rent or they see other stuff going on, it is difficult, especially when they have the freebies. It means people call them, people want to ask them hours upon hours for free. And whenever you set a boundary, most of the time, some people will understand it, but many people don't, and they get very disappointed. So could you imagine going to a grocery and expecting the grocery store to give you the orange juice for free? So we know that a groceries, let's say they give you credit, $100, $200, $500, but when they set that boundary, let's say $550, I already gave you more, and then you get upset at them, that's what a therapist has every day. So no one has a concept of I'll take the orange juice for free, but they have the concept I'll pay you later. That's sort of how they view a therapist's time. Like, I paid you for one hour of your time, so why can't you talk me three hours at night for free? You know, you go to the grocery and you pick up the milk and the apples, and then the, the man, grocery man, the owner, asks you a question about therapist and holding you another 25 minutes without paying. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so let's hear what's more of the question that she had. And by the way, I just want to say, I think, Rebness, I feel you have the same thing. How many times do people ask you if you could just do little work in their house just to help out? And then when you give them a price so much, yeah, like why? Or you make up a price, they don't write it down, or it's not a contract with a friend, and then you're stuck, and then they want to make changes, and they don't want to pay. I've learned that every field has this. So there was a while I felt, why is it in the therapy field? But I realize every field has it. Yes, no question. But in the therapy field, it's even more because we have a concept that cholesterol, we help other people. So you're just giving me time. What's the big deal? Miss E, what else your question? Um, are your, your children also into the mental health field? Actually, almost none of them are. <laughs> It's very cute that almost none of them have read any of my books. Yet. Yet. And they haven't, they have the opportunity to see in my room, in my studio where I do it, to join. They don't. 
but they come when their friends are here. Their friends can't wait to see what goes on over here. And then they're here and they're smiling and they like and they're interested in it. But that's also something that I've learned to accept, that with the right time, everything happens. We let the Rabbi Shalom run the show. But I have several kids that will be very good in the therapy field. They have the natural feeling, and with guidance and knowledge, they'll do that. But I don't project on my children where they should be or what they should do. They can take that talent and be creative in so many other places. Cute question. What else would be another question on there? I have a team with... I have a team. Are you also... Were you always into these stuff? Yes. I have already done... There's certain types of, let's say, visualizations that I've made myself CDs when we still had tape recorders. Before the CDs... And I spoke into them, and I would go to sleep listening to some of those, my very own, um, whatever they I don't want to call them meditations because they weren't meditations. They were more guided imagery, auto-suggestions, as he used to call them in those days. We're talking about now 27, 28 years ago. They were called auto-suggestions, suggestions that were repeated over and over. You're smart. You know your work. You'll get up. You're whatever it is. You just had those. You'll remember your learning, your studying. You just hear it over and over in different ways. So yeah, I was always amazed by the psychological feel. I always loved it. And I always felt good when I was able to share emotions or be creative or see how I can grow. I felt good that way. And there's a lot of my family members that, that had a lot of that. Aunts, uncles, actually more aunts really that were like that. Um. How many years do you already have the center? The center is about three years open. I had two years before that I worked with one other person while we we're trying to figure out the system how a center can work because it's a very unique center. What makes the center different in other places is usually there's a supervisor and they have like their own clients. Like they just supervise if there's a difficulty or they just like supervise one or two clients but the Therapist, like, is really on their own.